0: It's recognisable straight away. Obviously Jaws, but when you think of this piece of music, you don't think Bournemouth Beach, do you? You just don't. You think you think Australia, uh, you think United States, Florida, South Africa maybe, Bournemouth Beach. Yesterday, shut for half an hour <laughs> because somebody swore they saw a shark. So, RNLI, the... Lifeguards, they get everyone out the beach. Red flag goes up. Shark sighting, they look for it. Don't find one anywhere, because, of course, it's Bournemouth Beach. Everyone's back in. I have to say, on a side point, not sure I'd head back in that quickly if we've all been told to get out for half an hour because someone thinks they've seen a shark. But anyway, there wasn't one. But it's tricky, isn't it? When you think you've seen something you know you saw it you tell someone you saw it but they don't believe you they can't find it no one's got proof what have you seen? I want to hear about your sightings the things that you saw a strange sighting you knew you saw it no one else believed you you might not still believe it yourself you're questioning yourself your strange sighting, please. Let's let's share them. Uh, Lee says, A new signing at Newcastle United turned out to be a fan in a shirt. One day, he says. All right, Lee, see what you've done there. Keep them coming. Uh, Lou is hanging on. What did you think you saw, Lou? It was. I didn't
1: think I saw it. It was an alligator.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is what I love immediately about you, Lou. There's no doubt, all right? You've changed my words. So... I'm going to ref- I'm going to refresh my question. What did you see, Lou?
1: I saw an alligator crossing the road in Thornwood, in Essex.
0: <laughs> Can I just tell my producer to be quiet and respect Lou? Um, what would it be doing there?
1: It just crossed the road, um, and he's laughing. But it, we were driving along, and we just saw it, and we looked at each other, and it's like. That was an alligator. And we drove along, and total shock. And then when we came back, there was this sign for a shop called Amwell Aquatics. And it's like, it's clearly escaped. And we told so many people, and nobody ever believed us.
0: How big was it?
1: Um, about three foot. Okay. A great big crocodile, Dumbee
0: one. No, 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 no. So it's, 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 a, it's a miniature Essex one. So you're thinking it's escaped <laughs> from the aquatic shop. Well, that was our only assumption really did you think to stop and go into the aquatic shop and say do you sell alligators because one's escaped
1: it was nighttime. it was dark it just, it just came across in front of us in our headlights and it was, there was no doubt I'm now 61. I was about 18 and it's never gone from my brain.
0: 18 at night time. I, right, okay. Okay. I, I believe you. I believe you. For all the Thank laughter you. from my producer, uh, ignore him. He, he's inconsequential. I believe you, Lou. It's it's a burden sometimes to see these things. <laughs> You're so funny. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Cheers, bye. Claire, what did you see? Uh, we
2: thought it was a shark with a big open mouth.
0: Hang on, hang on, hang on. So I I heard at the beginning there you thought you saw a a shark with its mouth wide open. Where was this? Tenerife. And I take it it wasn't. What was it? Plastic bucket. Couldn't get really that much more different, could you? (laughs) No. <laughs> you hadn't got to the stage where you'd cleared the beach like the people in Bournemouth, had you? Uh, no,
2: not quite. we just ran out
1: of
0: the water ourselves. <laughs> 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 ran out of the water as a bucket bobbed in behind yeah. you. Love it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Cheers, bye.
0: Paula, what was it for you guys?
1: Um,
2: so we were driving um, to Cornwall. We'd go to Mullion. And my 11-year-old son was like, there's a penguin, there's a penguin. Um, and it was just on the side of a lake. And we were like, stop, there's not lot penguins in Cornwall. Go <laughs> away. <laughs> you know, like, and he's like, no, I saw a penguin, I saw a penguin. We were like, you didn't see a penguin. So we were, like, Googling all, like, native birds that could resemble a penguin. And mm-hmm. he's like, no, it's not any of them. I saw a penguin. And we we're like, you didn't see a penguin, just stop. <laughs> um, so we, like, mocked him all holiday, the poor thing. Just like, oh. So you should,
0: to be quite frank, yeah, yes.
2: Yes, yeah. You know, he, he, it was like, we were... You know, quite a harsh on him, bless you. And um, we were just, like, on the way back, we were in slow traffic going past the lake and there was a massive penguin statue on the side <laughs> of the lake, randomly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so he's vindicated, to be quite frank.
2: Oh, you should have heard him. He was
1: like, I told you, I told you
0: crushing moment earlier on today where i did something to my toddler that i used to hate my parents doing to me and there's no more crushing moment where you you suddenly realize you're going down the same path doing the things that they used to do uh, it was one of those moments where I, I can just picture it right now you've got something on your face and a parent comes over, and they they just licked like licked a thumb or a finger, and they go, Oh, get that off your face! You got you got food around your mouth." I can just remember as a kid, go, "No, stop it, Dad, Mum, don't don't!" Oh, it's horrible, it's grim. But generally, in a situation where your face needs to be clean really quickly, maybe someone's coming round or something rather, or and they don't want you to look like a mess. Quickly done like that. I did it to Rocco. It's just horrible. Suddenly found myself doing it. Oh, you got mess on your face. You not not cleaned your face properly. You lick the thumb. You do it. And then you've just got those parental vibes coming back. Can you remember the things that you absolutely detested your parents doing? You can remember it as if it's yesterday. You hated them doing it, and now you do it yourself let's share them uh, Richard says turning the TV to the news the moment I come in from work we are trying to... oh yes that's a good one we're trying to we're trying to compile a list of the things that you used to hate your parents doing and now you do those very same things so that's a good one turning the TV to the news the moment they walk in from work so irritating you'd always be in the middle of your own programs they just waltz in straight onto the news. Andy says moaning about tea cloths not being hung up or chucked in the washing pile if they're dirty. Now I'm doing it myself. These are great. Keep them coming. Heather says, turn the big light off. Go to the shop for me. Used to hate it. Now I'm guilty of saying all of the above on a regular basis. Uh, Neil, what comes to mind for you? I was brought up in the
1: 60s by my mum who was a single parent and mummy was scared and everything was- that i had was knitted and i absolutely hate to see my mum knitting and anything hand knitted i still I, I absolutely refuse to wear anything
0: Neil if you don't mind me saying if you were brought up in the 60s so is you, is your mum still around to knit now yes she is she's 89
1: and still knitting
0: <laughs> so but the downside of that means that you've still got that spectre of the knitted's clothing coming to you at any time No, she doesn't knit for me anymore. She knows I absolutely hate it. It's taken decades, Neil, but the message has got through. Yeah. Brilliant. Thanks, fella. Bye. Uh, Sam, what's going on with you? What have you found yourself doing? Who was it?
1: It was my dad. He always used to, because he's a musician, he always used to sort of walk past my bedroom and say to me how awful the music was. You couldn't even understand the (laughs) words. And uh, my daughter being in her early 20s now and listening to all sorts of stuff, I find myself doing exactly the same. (laughs) Yeah, that's not
0: music. (laughs) Um, I I do exactly the same with my teenagers, Sam. What what, what was the music you would have been back into in the day? Obviously, I'm guessing it's stuff we play here on Absolute Radio. What would it have been?
1: It would have been Culture Club, Duran Duran. I liked a bit of UB40. um... Do you know what?
0: I I don't think all of those three artists that you've just said, I've never struggled to actually hear their lyrics, if that's what your dad's problem was.
1: Yeah, I know. I know it's because he was, yeah, old
0: school Uh, Jason's got in touch, this is great I'm not a parent, but whenever my uncle walked in and we were eating, he'd stand behind you and tap you on the shoulder, as you turned he would then nick something off your plate and I would be devastated now I find myself doing it to my nephew did it today with nuggets, his face was a picture never used to have that done not a trick that was going on in our house I love it, I'm going to try it delighted to have phil wang in the studio with me how are you phil hi richie solo richie <laughs> solo richie and uh, water drinking phil
3: water drinking phil solo richie i'm just I'm, I'm happy to have you to myself
0: <laughs> you were offered tea uh, you were offered coffee you've gone with water is are you not a coffee drinker
3: I, mm, I I have a coffee, one coffee in the morning, and then if I have another, I go insane. So I, I, I can only really have one. I find that coffee just, it flips however I'm feeling. So if I'm tired, it'll make me feel awake. If I'm awake, it'll make
0: me feel tired. It's late in the day for a coffee, in, in your defence. Our producer does make a very good tea, although very strangely is not a drinker of hot drinks. No, yes.
3: Your producer, Adam, is a, uh, a never-hot
0: A never hot, is this a term? A
3: never hot is a term I've come up with for someone who doesn't drink hot drinks. And it's a large community, (laughs) I've found. I'm always surprised to find out someone's a never hot. (laughs) They don't drink tea, they don't drink coffee. They never drink a hot drink.
0: It's it's crackers to me. Um, You could almost say... Uh, particularly in a tea-drinking country like this, that when you meet a never-hot, immediately there is suspicion that comes.
3: I'm so glad the term is already (laughs) picking up now. You said never-hot, with such a casual attitude there. Yeah, I know, I mean, living in the UK and being a never-hot must be very hard, (laughs) because... You know teas t- all around you
0: yeah. <laughs> all the time we speak about living in the uk you have uh, a book out side splitter how to be from two worlds at once this is exploring uh, the the two places that you have been able to call home as in britain and malaysia that's
3: right yeah i grew up in malaysia until the age of uh, 16 although i was born in stoke on trend so already i was you know <laughs> a globe trotter before i was even a month old and uh, and and so I've always lived between these two places that I consider home, UK and Malaysia. And it's a book about the mixed race, mixed culture experience, one which is becoming more and more common, I think. Yeah. And it's essentially a series of essays and sort of part memoir, but on that on that topic specifically and, and about that aspect of my life specifically. But for the most part, it's funny. Well, I hope so. That's why it's called Side Splitter. It's about my two sides, but it's also side splittingly hilarious. That
0: title took so long.
3: That title took longer than
0: the book to come up with. Did it come? Uh, did it take longer to come up with than the Never Hot?
3: No, Never Hot came to me straight away.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Some things just fall out of the sky. Do you find that being British and Malaysian? Do you think that having these? These two rich homes has has helped you with with your comedy, certainly from sort of like a a point of view of observing British life from somebody that has experienced so much other life. Do you think that's that's actually helped you?
3: I think that's definitely true. Yeah, I think um, a lot of comedians are. So observer figures you know we, we sort of stand a little bit outside of society and outside of culture and look inwards and you know come up with observations about what we see and and um try and entertain people with those observations um i mean that's a reduction of comedy but you know roughly speaking that's what it is and and i think being from malaysia coming to the uk being from malaysia instantly i've been given an observer Sort of status and position, mm. but at the same time in Malaysia, I always felt quite British. So I was I was observing, like um, a Malaysian culture a little bit from an observer's position. Um, so you know, it's been great for the book. <laughs> 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 Although I don't, I, you know, it's hard to, it's hard for me to know where exactly home is, but. Um, it's been good for the book. Uh,
0: and you're going back out on tour now. What's, what's How do you prepare for going back out on tour after 18 months off <laughs> that, in, in many effects, all of us have had to sort of have in different ways?
3: Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Having to tr- sort of try to pick up where you left off. Where were you 18 months ago? We're all very different people, in mm. a way, to the people we were 18 months ago. But I still have this uh, tour that was um, cut short in 2020. And uh and the show's been updated a little bit with the observations on the pandemic and how life has changed but uh for the most part you know it's it's the material from that to- that tour uh to, in terms of preparation I, I literally just i sit at home and i listen to recordings of the show and i go over it maybe i'll even rehearse just on my own in my living room to a, a made-up audience and uh and maybe a couple of warm-up gigs here and there but yeah for the most part it's just literally just I just listen to myself
0: when you you talk about going back out on tour and also post-pandemic did you sort of like spend much time sort of thinking about do do people want to reflect on the pandemic when they're going to see comedy or or is it also quite nice to try and point out some parts of it that are there to make us laugh? It's a tricky one, isn't it? Do, do people want to go and, you know, see someone like you to, to make them laugh, uh, but also have this escapism away from the last 18 months? Yeah,
3: yeah, it's it's a tricky balance to strike how much to talk about the pandemic in a time when everyone's really had enough of it. But it's, it's a conundrum the comedy always faces, you know. Are people sick about the things that are clearly what we need to talk about? Mm. Or are people sick of... The stuff all around us, and and it, in the in the COVID era for comedians has been about trying to strike that balance, because it, it would all, it would also be odd if I just came on stage and spoke about oh, I took a flight yesterday and boy <laughs> was it crowd you know uh, you know I I loved uh, drinking a tea without a mask on and uh, <laughs> uh, and and you know I I I'd, it would be strange if if people thought this guy has he been in a in, Encased in a tomb for a few months. (laughs) But also, if you keep banging on about it, people eventually go, all right. But I think that's 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 true with any topic in comedy. If you go on about a particular topic for too long, people. Kind of interest so I think my, my, my shows and my sets have always been r- relatively varied I think for that reason because I get bored before anyone else does really <laughs> so don't worry about getting bored I get bored
0: first <laughs> uh, The other this, obviously the other side of the last 18 months has been you know when when all of us were in these sort of lockdown periods we uh, were speaking with Joe Lysick came in a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago and he was saying how he would got into painting and gardening and that kind of stuff did you find that you got into anything new or you, you got back into stuff during lockdown because there's that side of things as well
3: yeah i didn't get into anything as sort of productive and wholesome and good for the soul as joe in gardening (laughs) i got in uh into online chess
0: what's (laughs) what yeah but what's what's not wholesome about online chess i can't i can't believe there's a debauched world of chess well
3: well, there is now with with old wang in it no i It's not debauch, but it it is just so addictive. And I've just, I've lost so much of my life recently. So it's the
0: online chess. You're you're not like, you haven't got a a board set out. You're playing online chess. So how's that different?
3: Uh, Well, it's it's a screen and you just pick up your pieces and you move them about. Yeah. uh, But who are you playing against? Oh, just random people all over the world. So so you, so, so... there's always someone to play, yeah, and which means you can't go to sleep because <laughs> it's not like ah, oh, everyone will be in bed. No, I just play someone from Australia now. <laughs> it's, I know it's one a.m., but you know, there's there's a guy in New Zealand who who's about my rating and and we should go at it together but it's yeah and i just think about chess pieces moving around all the time i go to bed thinking about night topping about it's
0: it's so on on that side of it then so say for example you've taken on a game against someone and that game started at quarter past 10 at night but the person that you've picked to play is other side of the world and then you go to bed. Surely, if you're playing a move against them, they they might have to wait hours until oh, well. you're next awake to make the next move.
3: Well, it, it depends on the type of game you've set up. Okay, because you can have like day long You give each other a day to reply. But I've been got addicted to the five minute games. Right. which is like a rapid. You have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. <laughs> it, it, it's like it's like a roller coaster. I have to say, it's the closest I've ever felt to extreme sports. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And um, how do you know that they've made the next move? Do you have to stay on the app?
3: Oh, yeah, no, you're just staring at the screen the whole time. And then and they go click, and then they're, they're, their piece pieces moved, and then it's time for you to move. And you just watch their clock go down, and then they click, and then they move, they make a move, and you go... And, uh, yeah, it's fraught, man. It... <laughs> <laughs> I'm always on edge.
0: So you couldn't, like, go and make a slice of toast um, and then hear a ping go off on your phone and think, oh, yeah. oh hang on, he's, made, he's moved his rook.
3: Oh, yeah, well, I've got numerous long, long-term games on at the same time right? with friends. So I'll just be making something, I'll get a ping, and then they've, they made a move. They, they, they move the bishop into the centre of the board. And, okay. and so I, have to, I leave my food burning, and I try and think about my move. <laughs> and I click, and I realise I've, I've ruined dinner. But it's fine, it's worth it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, Phil, we've seen you on so many... Um like panel shows TV shows have I got news for you QI would I lie to you 8 out of 10 cats the roast battle on Comedy Central all that kind of thing you you are a staple you are a regular um, you've got your own Netflix special going live worldwide on, on Tuesday how does how does that come about do they they come to you you go to them I mean it's massive having a Netflix thing I just send them an email <laughs> <laughs> I, send, I, I, I just i just
3: guessed admin in between admin, admin a move admin at netflix.com it worked <laughs> um uh, well I, I did a set for Netflix a 15 minute set a couple of years ago in 2018. the um, bunch of comedians did these 15 minute sets and so we started uh, uh, I started a relationship then and you know um, uh, since then I, I developed this show and uh, and yeah the, the one thing led to another. It sounds like we're getting married, but one thing led to another, and uh, <laughs> they're like, oh, "Why don't you put that show on on our online streaming platform?"
0: Which must be so exciting. Uh, yeah, this is massive. They're, they're a behemoth. Yeah, it's it's a, it's
3: it's it's amazing and and daunting to to think that I I can be in anyone's uh, living room at any point, but I could before if you knew what to search on YouTube. <laughs> so. It, it, it's it's wonderful, you know. It's It, it feels great. It's it's daunting. Uh, but the team did such a great job at producing the show and I think it looks fantastic. Um, if nothing else, the set is beautiful. So watch it for the set. Philly <laughs>
0: Philly Wang Wang is what people need to look out for then on Tuesday. That's the for name that.
3: of the show. Filly Filly Wang
0: Wang. Of the, of the panel shows that people sort of like you know, love seeing you on and all that kind of stuff, certainly I, I've never been in the audience to watch uh, any of those other than at home. What's it like for someone that you know? Obviously, it's been a bit different recently with with audiences and studios and that. But what is the, the experience like for the people that are there watching? Because I've always thought they must be having so much fun. I'm only watching a half hour show, but this must have taken about an hour and a half. Is it how I'm imagining it? It must be an absolute riot.
3: It can be really fun they, to have all those people in there and you're you know messing about and having a laugh and you, you're if you're on a show with like friends and you know yeah. Uh, but they can also go on a while.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So if you were to say to someone, oh, you know, bucket list, try and get in the audience for this panel show, which one would you say? That might be hard.
3: Oh, yeah, I guess it depends on your taste. Mm. I mean, if you like baking... You can't do much worse than the Great British Bake Off Extra slice. Um,
0: <laughs> Not what I was expecting.
3: <laughs> I mean, if you like being surrounded by cakes and Tom Allen, that's the show for you.
0: <laughs> On the subject of food, before we let you go, obviously this is a home-time show. It's going out while people are doing their dinner and all that kind of stuff. Do you have a signature dish um, that you would do if you were entertaining tonight? And what is for dinner tonight?
3: Oh, that's a good question. For dinner tonight, it might be a pizza that was reduced. <laughs> <laughs> it's a chilli and prawn pizza. <laughs> They're blooming delish. <laughs> and it was reduced. All the all the planets aligned. That's not the same answer as your signature dish, is it? Um, y- y- imagine my signature dish was I-, I whip up a pre-made pizza from time to time. <laughs> my signature dish, I... Oh, it's a tough one. I, I-, I make a lot of uh, uh, noodles and fried rice and stuff. And fried rice is great because I- I'll make rice for something and then I'll put it in the fridge and then I fry it the next day and I've got... Delicious fried rice.
0: Two meals for the price of one. Two meals
3: for the price of one, and very, very different <laughs> meals, uh, and and very so modifiable. You can uh, you can add all sorts of little bits to fried rice. I'm trying to you know perfect what I add to it. The uh, little morsels I put in there and stuff. I, I love make to make us some pasta. I don't know why I said maker there. Make her <laughs> pa- I, was, I was trying to sound authentic. I i like to make us some pasta. Uh, yeah, man, what, what, whatever's about, really.
0: <laughs> well, look, before we do let you go, I'm going to make sure that, because you're sat here, you can correct me if I get any of this wrong. So, tickets for the tour, philwang.co.uk. Uh, the book is Sidesplitter, How to Be from Two Worlds at Once uh, and Philly Philly Wang Wang on Netflix from Tuesday. I think I got all that right.
3: Tuesdays, Tuesday the 10th. Yes. Yes! Then it is Tuesday. <laughs> Phil, go home and put a yellow-stickered pizza in the oven. <laughs> yes, it does have a yellow sticker. You know you know, you know the game. Oh, yeah. uh, thanks
0: so much, Richie. Pleasure to talk. Thank you, Phil. That's fantastic. Day 13 of the Olympics. It is lucky for some. It's another one of Richie's roundups. More Team GB medals in Tokyo today. Matt Walls with today's gold. Uh, A cycling one. He's won it in this event called the Omnium. It's crazy. Catch it on the highlights tonight. Truth be told, I've no idea... What was going on? Seemed like some kind of 100-lap of the velodrome race where there's all sorts of mini-races contained within it that you can win points on. And all that mattered at the end is, which looks exhausting, nobody had more points than Matt Walls. And he wins Team GB's 16th gold of the Games. Brilliant. Uh, Speaking of exhausting... Sprint kayaking, Liam Heath got a bronze medal in the 200-metre sprint. It was all over in 38 seconds. I couldn't run 200 metres in 38 seconds, let alone kayak it. It's breathless. Uh, And a pole vault bronze for Holly Bradshaw. 51st medal overall in the Games with that for Team GB. Pole vault looks amazing to watch. I'd love to have a go at it. I think if somebody actually stood with me at the end of the runway and gave me a pole and said, there you are, go for it, I'd run a mile the other way shouting no thanks. Uh, So well done, Holly. Team GB, now sixth in the medal table out of 206 countries. It's brilliant.